Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play, development, homeschooling, and all of that other stuff that falls between world changers. Happy December. I am so glad to be here. I love this time of year, and I've been around the house making warm milk with my homemade vanilla syrup like a mad woman. It has been delicious. I've been going around looking at lights, just doing the whole Christmas thing. This time of year just makes my heart happy. And it makes these cold Cali days a lot more bearable. The the warm vanilla milk, that is. Not the walking outside in the freezing cold looking at the lights thing like that. Just that's insanity. But it's fun. Nevertheless, world changes. Have you picked up your copy of Watch Me? connecting to your child through play. If you already have, you have three very important tasks. Number one, take a picture of yourself with the book and post it on my page. If you're not already my social media friend, go down to the show notes and become my friend. They're all there. My Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter account. And guess what? I'm there from time to time. I check out things. I say hello when I need to say hello. I drop a little bit of knowledge. I tell you guys what's coming up. And that's how I kind of use that thing. But at this point, I want to see you guys. I want to see you guys with Watch Me. I want to see how you guys are using it. I want you to tell me what your favorite connection tool is. And I want you to write a review on Amazon.com and give your honest opinion of the book because feedback makes us better. Like sometimes people don't like constructive criticism or they don't like getting props or whatever it is. They don't like getting the feedback in general. But I believe that with feedback, we learn what needs to either be refined, what needs to be changed, or what to keep doing. And so I really do want to hear from you. I'm hoping and praying that this book has been a great tool for you guys who already have it. For you guys who don't, please go pick up your copy. As soon as you're done listening to this episode, go straight to Amazon and order your copy. The link is in the show notes below. Now, as promised, Today's episode is dedicated to sharing all of my favorite things. Not all of my favorite things, but my favorite toys. We'd be here for years if I were to tell you about my favorite things, every last thing that I love, but we're going to focus in on toys because I love play. And as much as I love play, there are certain toys, there's certain items that really speak to me, like that really resonate with me that have for the last 10 years have been like my go-to. If I had nothing else, shiny, fuzzy, beautiful, it would be these items. Like if I had my clinic bag right now, or if I was shopping for a friend, or if I was redesigning a playroom, or if I was giving a parent advice on what to get, these items would be in that list. And here's why. One, they're functional. Two, they're easy to find. Three, they're fun to use and they're multidimensional, which means you can do so many different things with them. All you need is creativity, flexibility, imagination, and a heart, honestly, that's willing to try something new and learn. So nevertheless, here are Sharina's favorite things in no order of importance. But I will tell you like my favorite, favorite, like out of all of the list. And I'll tell you why at the end. Number one, Mr. Potato Head. Oh my gosh, all of you 80s babies are probably like, oh my gosh, 70s babies, oh my gosh, 60s babies, oh my gosh, Mr. Potato Head, is he still a thing? He's totally still a thing. 
He is not old school. Mr. Potato Head has not left the building. He has not died. As a matter of fact, he has evolved into so many other things. But I love this guy. Like, what's not to love? And Mrs. Potato Head, forget about it. There are so many things that you can do with Potato Head. For one, let's talk about those silly glasses. Let's let's talk about those. Let's dig into that real quick. There is nothing sillier than putting on those glasses and looking at your little sugar because all they do is crack up. Like there's nothing else they can do because you look so ridiculous, but it's a great way to get them to engage, to get them to focus on you, to get them wanting to play with you and to do with you. You can role play. You can pretend, oh, I'm going to take Mrs. Potato Head to the market and then we're going to do this, this and that. And you'll notice a theme. I really like toys that not only I can build with, but I can pretend play with because I need a story with it. I need something to do because after you put Potato Head together, what are you going to do? Just kind of stare at it like, no, that's boring. Don't do that. That's weird, too. Don't stare at Potato Head. Do something with it. Have fun with it. Make it go to the market. Make it go to the park. Make it take care of the baby. Make it drop it off at school. Make Potato Head do whatever it is that you want to do. There's also some other silly things. Now, new school Potato Head, they're slacking. They took the compartment thing away to where on the back, there's a compartment. See, my in-laws, they kept all of my husband's toys. And it was a blessing in disguise. This is when hoarding really does pay off for you. So all of his Potato Heads, he had, and he had, all the potato heads. He was the only child. So he had literally all the potato heads. He didn't have that many hands, but he had like about five or six good tomato or po- tomato potato family, like a whole family with the stuff. And in the old school potatoes, you can open up the back and shove stuff in there. Not only is that a great cleanup tool, but it's a great way to hide stuff from your little sugar. Put in, take out, put in. Take out, put on. What do you want? Where is it hiding? Say it a lot more exciting than I do. You can also pull out the body parts. Look what I have. I have a purse. Look what I have. I have eyes. Here you go. And you're not just showing sugar. What is this? What is this? What is this? That's boring. Don't do that to sugar. That bores me. Don't bore them. Don't bore my sugars out there, world changers. Ask them in a fun way. I'm pulling out eyes. I'm pulling out the nose. Which one do you want? And guess what? They're going to show you which one they want. And even if they mix it up, guess what? All you have to do if they point to the nose, but they say eyes, all you have to say to them is, oh, you want the nose and then give it to them and move on and build your potato head and keep reinforcing that language. That's the other piece that you're going to notice about a lot of my toys. I like to reinforce language. It is important to give them that vocabulary and to build that thing up because they're going to be able to use that in other sentences. So you want to get the biggest bang for your buck when you're thinking about what toy am I going to use? What language can I build in? And how can I get them to pick up more language, expand their vocabulary and use it across settings? Second favorite toy, stackable rings. Stackable rings. Ah, stackable These are the gifts that keep on giving. I tell you, they seem so one dimensional. You see them in the store and you're like, here's these colorful rings. Everyone has like two or three sets of them in their house and you don't know why. And it's just that classic toy that every toddler and every baby seems to have on their shelf. But let me tell you, creativity 
is crying to be birthed with stackable rings. And let me tell you why. For one, don't miss out on the opportunity to turn that stackable ring into a hat. Yeah, I said it, a hat. Take that bad boy, you put it on your head and you start singing. I always sang my personal favorite, Shireen has a hat. What do you think of that? Now, you got to get your own song or you, you can use my song if you want my song. It's bad, but it was my song and I don't know why kids liked it because it was so ridiculous and it's fun. You can also look through these rings. Peekaboo is a great way if you're trying to build up. I want you to look at me. I want you to pay attention to me. I want to pay attention to you so we can do this together in this thing. And so you put them on your eyes and you get really close and I guarantee they're either going to pop you because it's funny, pop you because it's scary, or just start laughing at you because you are the silliest person in the world. But it teaches them how to build that interaction, how to build that reciprocity. It also teaches turn-taking when it's actually time to stack the rings. Once you're done wearing it as a hat and playing peekaboo or wearing it as a bracelet or an anklet or putting it on Dolly's head and all that other silly stuff, you can actually teach turn-taking when you play with the toy the way that it's intended to be played with. So you take the ring and you like, there's usually five. So somebody's going to get an odd number. Don't feel bad. I even have a way to mitigate that. Don't worry about it. You give them two, you take the three, whoever has the one, my turn, the one that goes on the bottom, my turn, put on, and then your turn, you put on and you go back and forth. Now, when it gets to that last coveted one that they've tried to snatch out your hands, if they haven't tried to snatch the other ones out your hands, you tell them together and you guys both put your hand on the toy and put it on and say, yay, we did it. This is the easiest way for you new world changers who are new parents or you you're like, I want to play, I want to engage, but I've kind of thought that play was kind of like their own thing and I want to kind of learn, I want to kind of get into it. That's a great way to start because it's simple, it's quick, and it's fun. And nobody doesn't like stacking rings. I don't know what it is. It's the most simplistic toy you would ever think of. And whoever was the inventor of stackable rings, I'm gonna have to fact check that. Whoever was the inventor of that, I am very curious to see where they were, because if I thought to myself, rings on a stick is going to like survive decade after decade after decade, and there's going to be multiples in people's houses, I, I would have been like, I, I better get a side gig. I really better get a side gig. But seriously, people love it. Kids love it. And, and it's still around. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like them, too. They're, they're pretty fun. If, if for no other reason, the hat. thing, No other reason. Right. I don't know. Three ball. You guys had to know ball was going to show up on my list. Now I've got ballteria. That's my way of saying ball criteria. I am picky about my ball. The ball that I choose, it has to, it, I, I get, I, I'm, I've been around a while and, and I just ain't got time for that. I don't like any kind of ball that is hard. I don't like any kind of ball that can do bodily damage. I don't like any kind of ball that could break a window that goes under damage but not bodily. I don't like any kind of ball that is so just sensory overload. Like it's too bright. It's too whimsical. It's too noisy. It's too, I don't like those balls. I like a simple, boring ball because guess what? I'm the entertainment and they're the entertainment. We will entertain each other. We don't need to be staring at some noisy, loud, at-risk ball. I'm gonna call those ones that be going through the windows at risk that hurt people and sting a little bit when you get hit. Yeah, I don't, I don't fool with those. So this is why I like a good ball because 
it works on attention. You have to watch where that ball is going or else you're going to get popped. And that's even without the intention of like trying to pop you. But if sugar isn't looking at where that ball's going, they're going to get hit. Even if it's a little soft hit, they're going to get hit. It works on their gross motor skills. That's those big movements. You think about if you look at your arm and you look at the joint between where your shoulder and the midsection of your arm, where that joint is, where your elbow is, that whenever you bend your arm like that, that's a big gross motor movement. When you walk, that's a gross motor movement. When you wiggle your fingers and when I talk, when you talk, that's fine motor movements. That's the smaller movements. Tossing a ball, rolling a ball, bouncing a ball, anything with the ball hits on those big gross motor movements. And it helps sugar become more coordinated when they're moving big objects. And so it's really good for that as well. You can also describe what you're doing with the ball. You can roll the ball. You can bounce the ball. You can talk about the ball. Big bounce, little bounce, teeny tiny itty bitty bounce, little roll. And it's silly and it's fun and it keeps them engaged. And you're also, again, teaching that reciprocity of my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. And if they they run off with the ball, then you can say something to the effect of what happened to my turn and, and sound sad like you took my turn. Are you all done with me or do you want more play? I was playing with you. And you can kind of hit on that social piece of how do I get you to tell me? What you want? Are you done playing with me? Do you want to play more with me? Or were you engaging, initiating some kind of chase game? And then that's when you have to make sure that you've been keeping up with your cardio so you can keep up with that two-year-old or that three-year-old or that four-year-old or the shoot, even the one-year-olds nowadays that are moving and running. You can keep up with them and get them, right? And, And chase them with that ball. And so that's why I like the ball in general. But again, remember, be ball picky. Some Balls are just not meant for play. They're just meant for like sitting on a shiny shelf. Like they're not meant for like that active engagement because you might get yourself hurt. So watch yourself there. All right. Number four, ball shoots. (laughs) Ball shoots are hilarious. You might be like, what is a ball shoot? So think about that rectangular toy. Sometimes they come in the form of a square, but usually they're rectangles, right? And there is multiple balls. There are multiple balls, usually three. Sometimes I've seen them in fours or five, but usually three. Three is usually like the comfortable number, right? And and you put the ball in and you push it or you put the ball in and gravity takes over and it goes down to the bottom and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. This is where you find out, is my sugar a sharer or not? Do they like to share or not? It's something about that ball shoot toy. Now, here's the thing about ball shoots. Most of them, except for the infant ones that birth to 12 age, those ones are soft. Once you get like 18 months and older, they are no longer soft. They are hard. They are hard balls. Now that goes back to criteria three about balls. Remember, these ones can be chucked. They can be weapons of destruction and you can get hurt. So you have to know, know your sugar, right? Know your sugar. That doesn't mean don't introduce the ball shoot. Maybe just don't give them all of the balls from the shoot. Maybe you hold the ball and do a hand over hand one at a time. So that way you don't have mayhem and pain. And then you're like, I got hurt. I don't want to play anymore because I'm going to tell you world changers. I don't care who you are. 
if you have had a bad play experience or play experience to where you got, uh, I don't know, traumatized with some kind of kid toy or traumatized by your kid and you're just not willing to admit that you got hurt by a two year old. It happens. It has happened to me. It has happened to all of us. It makes you a little squeamish when it's time to go back for round two. And so I want you to be OK with the idea. This is where we're, we're, we're growing and we're learning. Right. The connection is the toy. We have this common thing that we're going to do something with together. The growing is when I'm learning how to play with you. You're learning how to play with me. I'm learning what you know. And and we're doing all of this together. We're growing together during this time. And we're learning about each other during this time. What kind of player are you? What do I need to refine? What am I learning? What are you learning? What am I pouring into you? What am I getting out of you? So it really is a like a reciprocal process. So I'm telling you, yes, you can get hurt. Yes, sometimes those ball shoots can hurt, but I'm telling you that there is a way to get around that. <laughs> Especially for my sluggish sharers, my little sugars who don't want to share the toy. You have to tell them what it is that you want from them. Okay, it is my turn. Now it is your turn. And then it is my turn. And they might try to grab and you're going to have to get quick and move back really fast and be like, still my turn really fast and then put the ball in before they get it out your hand because they're good and they're quick. Those, those, they're quick at that age. So also during this time, you want to ask questions. Which one do you want? Do you want the blue one or the purple one? Do you want the red ball or the blue ball? And if you notice you're building in colors and you haven't asked anyone at any point, what color is this? You're just building it in because every time they see that ball and you're like, do you want the red ball? Do you want the blue ball? eventually you're going to hear them saying it back to you. I want red ball. I want blue ball, red or something along those lines. So where they're telling you what it is that they're interested in. And during this time, you can also work on social skills. You can work on saying, can, okay, I have a ball. You have a ball. Can sister have a ball? Can brother have a ball? Can dad have a ball? Can stuffed toy have a ball? And and you can seriously ask these things because they're going to look and they're going to give a a strong yes or a firm no. But at least, you know, you're trying and you're getting them to think about we can have togetherness with other people as well as with mom and dad. Toy five, block Legos. Block Legos are really the prequel to Legos. They're great because you know what? They don't hurt when you step on them. Like there's a little bit of pain involved here, but when you step on a block Lego, for one, you usually see it coming. The small Legos, when the kids get older, you don't really see them coming. And and that's just, mm, it's pain. It really is pain. But block Legos are a wonderful go-to toy. For one, you can pack them in storm and have them just about anywhere. Like they come in these big old bags. There's nothing but opportunity to split those bad boys up into the gallon size Ziploc bags and put like 15 in each bag. And that way, guess what? You don't have 50 to 60 of those bad boys to clean up if Sugar picks up that bag and unzips it because they know how to unzip and turns it over. And there you have 60 Legos all over the house. But if you separate them into the storage gallon bags, then you only have 15 to help them clean up and and you get them in on the cleanup party as well. And so it also really helps for, again, my sugars who don't love sharing. You can say, here's your bag. Here's my bag. Let's do together. Let's play. Let's build. And you get them building and it gets them sharing. 
and it gets their attention because they have to sit down and stare at whatever it is that they're building. And they have to imagine what it is they're building. I'm making a dinosaur. My dinosaur's name is always Rar-Rar. And so I'm making a dinosaur. Here's Rar-Rar. Guess why he's Rar-Rar? Because he's going to go through the land and Rar-Rar-Rar-Rar-Rar, right? I know. Don't, don't judge me. It also teaches colors. I'm going to put the red block on top of the yellow block, but I'm going to put all the blue ones together. You can have that kind of fun in there. I'm going to build one, two, three, going up, 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 or down, down, down. Three, two, one. Woohoo! You can teach pre-academic skills. Again, I've already talked about how you can build in colors and sometimes numbers and even shapes for that matter, because they usually come in, I believe, four different sizes. They're all square rectangles and they're different variations of square rectangles. And you could talk about that. This one is long. The one with the four prongs at the top, it's a long rectangle. This one is a small rectangle. The one with the one prong at the top, you can discuss that. This one is thick. This one has four and it's a rectangle or it looks like a square. What do you think? Is it rectangle or a square or square tangle? Hmm, I don't know. I, I would just talk about those things with them because again, it gets you guys thinking. It gets you guys talking together. It gets you doing together. Uh, it gets you engaged in, in a different way to where you're taking this thing, you're building this thing and you're doing it together and you're even sometimes acting it out together. And it's really fun. Number six, puzzles. I love puzzles. Puzzles are a friend. Um, I, I'm puzzle picky like I'm ball picky. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, I'm toy picky. Um, but you focus on a theme. Most puzzles have a theme. I stay away from animation. I stay away from ABCs. I stay away from numbers as the primary focus of my puzzle. And the reason why I stay away from these things is because puzzles are the best way to build in vocabulary, to build in somebody's actions, to build in all of these other things, to build in what's happening. And it's a lot of fun. Now, my personal favorite puzzle, I have this one puzzle. And it is a, uh, it's, it's like an aquatic puzzle, but it has a fishing pole with it. And I love this puzzle because I can use the magnetic fishing pole to get the puzzle pieces out. And I can talk about what I took out. Stingray out, shark out, dolphin out, go back in. I can talk about them swimming. I could talk about the pole. You have to be careful with those kind because again, that's a hazard item as well. Because that string and that magnetic stick will pop you. It does hurt. So again, this is the time to learn your sugar, connect through the toy, grow, you know, doing together, and then learn what kind of player they are, right? Are they swinging that stick around? If they're swinging it around, don't flip out on them. Please. Oh my gosh, world changers. Don't flip out. Don't be like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're going to hurt somebody. You're going to put an eye out. That's going to freak them out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make play not fun. And you're going to traumatize them a little bit. Now, I'm not saying don't set boundaries, but I'm saying just watch how you react to them. So maybe you just grab it real quick and say, no, thank you. I don't like it. Or a real firm. No, especially if they're giggling while they're doing it, because then they're testing boundaries. And that's a little bit different. But like the explosive, you shook up the soda can and opened it up and exploded all over the all over the place. Please stay away from that. Just be extremely firm, extremely direct. If you have that kind of puzzle and they're doing that kind of activity. 
You can also put your hand over their hand and say, we do together. And then when they're like, no, 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 because usually they hate your hand on their hand. Say, okay, but if you swing again, it's mine. And then you have to like own up to that. If they swing it again, it's yours. And then you just do out and in. I totally digress. This was nowhere in my notes today. Don't worry about it. We're going to get to why puzzles are fun. Puzzles are fun because this is a good place where you can dump out and pour. Most sugars at this age love taking anything and everything and just dumping it out and pouring it out. This is the one time where it's cool to dump and pour as long as it's at the beginning of the activity and you tell them, all right, it's time. One, two, three, pour. They're excited about that. They're probably going to want to put the puzzle together really quick just so they can pour it out again. Try not to make that the focal point. If you are quick, you could take some of the puzzle pieces and give them some and you keep some and do the turn taking of my turn, your turn. If they're not ready for that and you know your sugar likes to chuck toys, you take them all and hold them in your crisscross applesauce lap where they can't really see them or in a place where they can't get to them and hand them one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. It also focuses, it helps you with the fine motor skills. Remember we talked about the big movements, the gross motor skills. The fine motor skills are those little tiny little fingery movements where you have to get this piece to fit in this place. Now, stay away from the the really, really small itty bitty puzzles. We're not ready for that yet. We really do want the larger pieces that we can kind of move around and get in. And we don't want to rush through it. We want to be as intentional as possible about talking about what's going on. You can even create a story out of a puzzle. I've done some whimsical stuff with story or with stories, with puzzles. And I've, I've had a blast with them over the years. And that's why they're one of my favorites because you really can get imaginative and have a lot of fun with them. Number seven, pop-up toys. Pop-up toys are like, <laughs> they're, they're funny. <laughs> That's why they make me giggle. Pop-up toys is when you take the toy and you push the button and then something pops up. And if you see the look on a little sugar's face, you should like have somebody take out their smartphone, not you, but like somebody else who's off in the distance, have them take out their smartphone and record sugar's expression the first time they do a pop-up toy because they kind of jump back like, what the heck was that? <laughs> but they're so fun because it teaches them, um, it teaches them character names. Now, not cartoon characters. I really do stay away from animations and popular characters because then you run the risk of sugar calling every dog Goofy instead of the dog and every fish Nemo instead of fish. So you really want to be careful with that. Um, while they're learning new language, it's okay for them to put it in context of when they're watching the show. But I really do try to stay away from that during my actual play. I really do not buy toys with a lot of animation. I just don't love them. Pop-up toys are also really good because they're great for world changers for you guys who are new to play. Because again, it's simple, it's quick, it's fun. I can do turn-taking, I can push a button, you can push a button, and it's over really fast. And we can do it again and again and again just to get our feet wet a little bit. And this is also a good one, on the other hand, for sugars who are reluctant to play with toys who might not be that interested. This is a first like good toy to kind of start with because it's over within 30 seconds. You can push those buttons and be like, good job, yay, and then move on to the next toy just to get them comfortable with the idea of turn taking and reciprocity and doing together and kind of helping lead that play. I want you to be mindful with this toy, though, because some sugars who are sensory sensitive they're not going to love the sound of that. If it's too loud and too obnoxious, 
They might not like it. Don't get mad at them. They're not being a mean kid or a bad kid. It's just something about the way that that sound is being interpreted. They don't like it. So just be sensitive to that as much as possible. Wind up toys. These are another one that just make me chuckle. Now, I had a fish and and you guys are going to be like, you're totally a hypocrite here. A little bit, but it's okay. I had this fish and he was a wind up toy. And a wind up toy is simply like that little prong on the side, the little uh, white prong or clear prong. Sometimes they're colored, sometimes they're not. And you take it and you turn it a bunch of times. And then when you let the toy go, it like erratically goes all around the world and back until it just stops, until the wind up stops. But I had this fish and his name was Nemo. (laughs) And I named him Nemo because he really did look like Nemo. I called him fishy too, but he reminded me of Nemo. But I would tell the kids fishy. Oh, fishy, poor fishy. Nemo's hurt, fishy. And the reason why I would say that so often is because he would get hit. He would get thrown. He would get smashed. He would get, I mean, first intro to this poor guy. I don't know how that thing lasted so long. Like he got broke so many times because he got abused so many times. And I know this doesn't like, this isn't really a sell at this point, but just bear with me. The reason why Sugars didn't like it at first is because they just didn't know how to interpret like this thing moving and it wasn't alive. It wasn't human. And so (laughs) they just didn't understand what was going on there. He was my mascot, but he helped my little Sugars to pay attention because they would watch him intently. They would be looking at him and staring at him and stalking him because they wanted to know when he was going to stop, when they could do it again, and if they can get you to do it again. He really does help with turn taking. Because it, you know, sugars are going to want to try to turn that knob. Now, at two, I've only known a few whose fine motor skills are good enough to turn that dial again. So guess what? They have to come to you. This is also a good toy for my reluctant sugars who don't want to necessarily initiate with play with mom and dad because they're going to come to you and they're going to be like, uh, 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 or something along the lines to get your attention to make that bad boy go again. And so... It really is a good toy because it really gets mom and dad in there because sugar is going to request you to help them. And and it really does break their heart when it stops and when it breaks because both happen because they just get abused. And so just remember, like if you get those wind up toys, buy in bulk, don't give them all to sugar. Just buy in bulk. Make sure to have a good five around. Don't give them all. Just have one out at a time, maybe two and, and go from there. But they really are fun and they really are great with getting that initiation, that joint attention where you guys are doing the same thing at the same time and you're really getting into that joint play together. Number nine, construction paper. Construction paper is such a drag by itself. It's so blah. It really is. But construction paper with stickers, construction paper with bingo markers, construction paper with crayons, that's a go. That's big business. That's when you're really getting into the big leagues. This is when you have those sugars who are who like to sit down and really think and do and focus, or you want to kind of diversify your playing. You're like, you know what? We need to get out of these plastics. We need to get away from these, these wood toys. Let's sit down and get into this creative crafty space, I like to call it. And you think about it with stickers, you can ask questions like, which sticker do you want? Butterfly? Do you want the heart? Do you want the star? Do you want the whatever it is that you want? And it's open-ended, right? Which one do you want? So that gives them the time to think about, this is what I want, and I'm going to respond. Please, world changer, 
give them at least three seconds to respond, right? Give them time to think about it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of inventory there, right? There's a lot to choose from. Give them time to think about what they want. And then if they're not sure, or they just start going, eh, 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 tell them, touch it, show me, show me which one. And then you can give them the label. And then that way they're getting that word in their mind that this is that. You can also have sugar with the bingo markers picked by color. You can say, which one do you want? Again, the black one, the red one, the blue one, the green one, and make sure to keep them on your side. Keep all the markers on your side, except for the one that they're using and the one that you're using, because it forces them to ask for the color. And if you have a grab master that likes to grab, and if you're not sure what a grab master is, check out, watch me. I talk about what a grab master is. If you have one of those sugars who are grab masters, you can even mitigate that with appropriate steps to make sure that they're not just grabbing out of your hand, right? And so you really want to make sure that you're getting them engaged in that conversation. And again, you're teaching them pre-academic skills in a very natural way. So they're learning colors in a natural way. They're learning how to use them in a natural way. They're learning how to describe in a very natural way to where they're not just spitting off this rote information and you're not being like the test prompter. Number 10, sensory bends. You know, I've seen some pretty cool stuff on Pinterest, but my favorite sensory bins, here comes the picky. I know, I know who I am. Here comes the picky though. Sensory bins have to have three components for them to be a go in my world. It has to have something to dig through. Obviously it's a sensory bin, right? So that means it needs, you got to choose, choose your, your weapon, right? Do you want sand? Do you want beans? Do you want those little plant feeders to where you put the water on them and they expand and expand and expand? Like, what are you looking for, right? So you got to have something to dig through. You got to choose that first. Or you can make sensory bins with all three. I've had all three. You got to have something to dig. And not just your hand. You got to have tools. Tools are crucial. You got to have the clamps. You got to have the fork. You got to have the spoon. You got to have the shovel. You got to have that stuff. This is serious business here, y'all. And most important, it's got to be exciting to find. Think about it like this. Have you ever had a gift and it was wrapped beautifully and then you opened it up and it was, and I mean meticulously wrapped with all the, the silver and the gold and the ribbon and the wreaths and, and it just looked magical and you opened it up and you found out it was socks. Hmm. Not to say socks are a go. I like socks, but it's not quite what you expected. That, that's what I'm getting at. Like if you have something wrapped nicely, you want to find something nice in there to kind of keep the momentum up. So make sure that the stuff in there is exciting to find. Now, what's exciting to you may not be exciting for me. You have to know your sugar. So if they're into dinosaurs, if they're into cars, if you're trying to get them into something new, make sure what they find is a really cool thing. And you can go to craft stores and get the little things to find. You can get, if they like Legos, you can shove Legos in there. You can shove their toy matchbox cars in there. You can shove whatever you want to shove in there to make it fun and engaging. And I've seen actual bins in the store and those are cute. Like they're really cute, but I, I feel like with sensory bins, it's one of those things that it's very personal to me because if your sugar has sensory needs, then they like a certain something. And so I feel like that that's something that you can take 10 or 15 minutes to make at home. The hardest part is going to be finding those three things, something to dig through, tools for digging and exciting things to find. 11, wall chalk, wall chalk. 
Wall chalk is messy. It's fun, but it's worth it. Oh, baby, it's worth it. The possibilities there are endless. You can make just about anything with wall chalk. I was like the master housemaker with a tree and a car, the sun, and the clouds. It was Picasso. Not really, but it was nice to me and I liked it and it got the conversation going. And I would make people and I make my little stick people and they would have their hair all over the place and it would be fun. And I would make my hair curly because they knew I wore my hair curly. So they knew who was me and they knew who was them. And we would talk about it. Look, it's us on the wall and what are we doing? And da, 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 da. I've even seen world changers get into wall talk to the point of where like you see them off in a different land like they are letting it go and it's a beautiful thing especially if you're one of those introverts who have a hard time kind of opening up and sharing play space and being with your sugar in that way if you are a creative like that try wall talk because it really does get conversations going and I've even seen little sugars who are reluctant to ask mom and dad to play or to initiate for mommy to draw or daddy to draw because they want to talk to you and talk with you and connect with you in that way. And honestly, all you really need is a chalkboard or chalkboard wall paint and some chalk and the possibilities are endless. Now, can you do this on your driveway? You absolutely can. You don't have to just get like the chalkboard, uh, the wall chalk paint or a chalkboard. You could do it on your sidewalk. The reason that I like the paint is for my little sugars who like to draw on the walls you give them a defined space and say, hey, look, this is your space. You can draw all you want. Now, the rest of the walls are not a go, but this wall is a go. And you keep reinforcing that to where they understand that this is OK here, but maybe not OK there. And you just you go with it and have fun with it. And you can do it all season long if you have it inside versus outside if it's raining, unless you have an all weather room. And that's a different story. Twelve, pretend play with people and with cooking. Now. I'm not saying go to the store and buy the biggest kid kitchen you can find. Those things can get cumbersome. I had one and we moved that bad boy around. I don't know, every day, every other day, every other day until we finally moved it out the house because it was just it was one thing that took up so much space. And I just feel like there's better things that we can do with the play space unless you just have a massive play room. And even then, I'm. Mm, I'm on the fence. Let's say I'm on the fence, but I'm not trying to diss the the kitchen because they really do have very cool things that come out of them with play. What I love about pretend play with people and with cooking is that you can enact real people. You can pretend to be real people. I stay away again from animated characters. I like to do the real stuff, real cooking, real cleaning, real feeding the baby, real combing hair. And it really is a game of patience. Like this isn't the game that like the pop-up toy or the stackable rings or the the ball play. Like it's not that kind of turn up. Like this is really the turn down. It's it's not the high energy stuff. And it doesn't always have to be the turn up. Through this kind of play, you can teach emotions. You can teach empathy. You can teach laughter. And I love this kind of play because for my sugars who have a hard time with relating to other people's emotions, This is where you can start teaching that and building that in. Oh my gosh, she's crying. Why is she crying? Can we make her feel better? You can build on that stuff through this type of play. And it's so much fun. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money on it. Some of that stuff you have lying around the house as far as pretending 
They even have kits now to where you can be a doctor. You could be a nurse. You could be a lawyer. You could be a teacher. You could be a whatever. All you have to have is imagination and patience between you and your sugar. Know that this is not the five to seven minutes of play like some of the other stuff. This is going to require a little bit more engagement. And some sugars might not last that long because it might be a little bit too dry for them. But still, it's okay to introduce it because you can do a few minutes of it and it's fun. Number 13, bubbles. Boy, I tell you, what a little bit of water, some Dawn dish soap and corn syrup will do for you. I love making bubbles at home. I'm going to leave the recipe in my show notes today. They smell good. And frankly, they really do make better bubbles. They do. They just... I'm yet to find a better bubble better than at home bubbles. And the reason why I love bubbles so much and at home, a few reasons. I like making them at home for my sugars who like to eat stuff. There are sugars in this world who really like putting stuff in their mouth and ain't nothing wrong with it. That's how they interpret the world. Don't judge them, right? Just watch them because sometimes that could get a little bit unsafe. And, And if you have not gotten support around that, please make sure to get support around that. If they try to eat it, you know what's in it. That, that's why I like making bubbles at home. At least I can read the ingredients. I can read the label. I understand everything that's there. And I haven't tried it with natural soap, but you can try it with natural soap and kind of tell me how it goes. If it gets the same viscosity, like you're looking for it to have a certain thickness to it, but not too thick to the point of where it's no good, but not too watery to the point of where it's just like water in a jar. You don't want that. But what I do like about the actual play is that it initiates turn taking to where they can blow, you can blow. They can blow, you can blow. Now, be careful because remember, gross and fine motor skills are still being built up in our little sugars at the age of two. And so when they blow, spit comes with it. I said it, I'm not ashamed, spit comes. So you gotta be really quick, move out the way and just know that like, there's gonna be bubbles mixed with spit in that because they're still trying to learn how to blow for the most part. Like their mouths are naturally juicy still. So you just be careful. It also helps with attention. It helps with the focus because you guys are looking at the same thing at the same time, doing the same thing. It also promotes for togetherness because you're making them together. This like, especially if you're making them together, if you guys are making the bubbles together, you can have that stuff pre-measured and then have them pour and stir. And with that, you guys just created an activity together and it's just crazy fun. I have spent whole sessions playing with bubbles. As long as the sugar says something and they diversify those statements, then guess what? I'm a go for that. I am a go for bubbles. Bubbles is probably one of my semi-favorite things, but I got two others that are my favorite things. And you can even describe the bubbles. Like I got so good at blowing bubbles that I could blow big bubbles, little bubbles, baby bubbles, multiple bubbles, bubble, 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 bubble. I love bubbles. They really are fun. And so it really is one of those activities that goes with you for a long time. That's another thing I like about it. Like, it's not going to stop after they turn three or four. Like, if I break out bubbles today, my 12-year-old is still going to be trying to get in on that action because it's fun. I like them. Play-Doh. Play-Doh is my favorite, y'all. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Now, if you want my recipe for Play-Doh, I'm going to put that on my Instagram and Facebook page this week. I love Play-Doh. It is one of my favorite things, not only to make, It is one of my favorite things to do because all it is with homemade Play-Doh in this house, flour, salt, oil, water, cream of tartar, and some food coloring, what that will do for you. Woof, I love that stuff. It's another one of those activities that grows with your sugars 
to where I can go in the house right now and be like, hey, we're making Play-Doh. It's a go for everybody. Everybody's in on that. They want to make it. They want to get all dirty. They want to do their own colors. They want to have fun with it. You can throw all kinds of crap in there. You, I've seen glitter. I've seen those little stars. I've seen all kinds of little craziness go into Play-Doh and people in my house get Play-Doh picky. This is my Play-Doh. That's your Play-Doh. Don't touch my Play-Doh. You know my Play-Doh is the glitter Play-Doh. Why are you getting in that? I had to stop making Play-Doh with them because it just got too serious in the house. Like they they get too serious sometimes. But Play-Doh is so much fun. It just, it's better at home because the texture of it is better when you make it at home. For the sensory kids who hate normal Play-Doh, if you try my recipe, they usually love that one. They're okay with it. And again, it goes back to my sugars who like eating things. And again, don't judge them. They like eating things. That's how they interpret stuff. This one is safe. I know what's in it. I don't have to worry about it. They're eating a nasty, salty snack because a cup of salt goes into that bad boy. And so if they want to take a snack of that, usually their face kind of grimaces and you see them kind of crumble because it's disgusting, but they'll eat it and they'll spit it right back out. I've only seen a few who go for the swallow, but... I mean, at least we know what was in there, right? For this, it just builds creativity. It builds imagination. If you have cookie cutters, it's a go. You can do whatever you want with cookie cutters. You honestly don't even need cookie cutters. If you have a hand that can roll, push, and and pat, you can make just about anything. I've made just about anything and everything. And this is another activity where I have seen parents kind of just go off into the distance and like, It may have been a rough week and you can tell because they just kind of go off and they're starting to build. And I'm like, no, enjoy yourself. You're fine. Like, have at it. So make sure like with me there, it's different because I can engage with sugar. But with you, you make sure to still be engaging with little sugar and you could talk about the things that they're making. And you could talk about their ideas and even expand on that through a story. And finally, it's also a great gift. If you're looking for gift ideas, it's personal. And it keeps for six months in cool spaces. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And if you really want it to last long, put it in the refrigerator. Then it's really a go. I've seen mine last up to a year in a refrigerator. Finally, number 15. My second favorite toy activity thing for engagement. Books. Books. Now, in Watch Me, I talk. I spend probably most of my time talking about books for a reason. Um, books, literacy, preliteracy is one of the strongest building blocks to our sugars learning for now and forevermore. If you can read and you can understand and you can interpret multiple text, then there's nothing that you can't learn. It's just, if you want a smart kid, if you want a sugar to build up vocabulary, if you want them to build up their language, if you want them to see the world from a different perspective, if you want them to learn things, whatever it is, books hit on that so many books it doesn't have to be novels I I debunk those myths that you have to read 300 pages to be knowledgeable no you don't you have to find well-intended books now there is a place and a time for those longer books there really is but you don't always need that and honestly frankly we don't always have the time for that and so I love books even if you don't read the story in cardboard books you can make up your own story You can pick out images in there to talk about. There's so many things that you can introduce your sugar to. And it's just one of those things to where I'm yet to find the person who said too much reading had a horrible impact on my sugar. Now, 
I might hear a world changer say my sugar is reading too much and I need them to like focus on other things. But even in that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Really isn't. And it's a great way to connect. And it's a great way to get them to go to bed and on and on and on and on and on. But not today. So world changers. Those are my favorite things. I kid you not. Those are my favorite go to activities, items, toys. I want to hear yours. Was it something on that list? Is it something else? Tell me on my, my social page. What's your favorite toy to engage with? And and if you try one of these, tell me how it worked out. Remember, world changers, you can buy up the whole store this holiday season. You really can. But Sugar's still going to want you to be a part of things. Like you're going to buy all those toys and they're going to want you to be there. And so be there, like be there to help develop those early play skills. Be there to help them learn new skills, new information, how to interact. They need that from you. They really, really do. They are learning from you. And if we don't teach them, then they don't know or they come down to their own conclusions about it. And if you need some help on how to execute things, pick up a copy of Watch Me, Connecting to Your Child Through Play. It will definitely help you get things going. Also, if you have a question related to this episode or past episodes, send me an email to questions at I've got this kid.com. I would love to hear from you. Also, join me next week where I will answer the question. Does my sugar have hyperlexia? I cannot wait to tool you up around this. Hyperlexia is such an interesting topic. And I have been doing my research, doing my reading, talking to some folks. And I just can't wait to get this out there for us to kind of understand what it is, what actions to take and to keep the party going. Don't forget, World Changers, if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate the show. Tell me your thoughts. Share it with a friend. Become a subscriber. Nobody has a good meal without sharing it. So come on, share it and tell the world what you think. World Changers, it's always a pleasure. As you guys get prepared for this Christmas, please be safe out there. Have fun. Connect with your family. Enjoy yourself. Until the next time, y'all, take care.